What's up, players? Welcome to episode number 79 of Freddy Press Play. And I almost speaked my audio there. Your weekly source for everything that's new and exciting in the world of video games. Every Friday at 6 a.m. Pacific or 9 a.m. Eastern Time, we'll discuss the top news of the week, notable releases on all platforms while we're playing, big topics of the industry, and the games we love. If you want to write anything to read in the show, go to readyplaynetwork.com or hit us up at Ready Press Play on Twitter and TikTok. No matter where you found us, please subscribe to the feed so you can get every new show directly to your device as soon as it posts. And if you like it, please leave us a nice review. This is July 16, 2021. I'm your host, Daniel Lima, and I'm joined as always by my wonderful co-host, Mr. Louis Menchaca. You know, Dan, I finally decided to actually play a game other than Smash and Fortnite, and now we're not even doing impressions. Did you really? Yes. I'm looking forward to hearing all about it next week. <laughs> Are you Now, do you have any teas of, of, of what it is? No, nah, I'd rather no. just hold on to it. But yeah, I just wanted to throw that out there. Also, side note, for those that are watching the video, um, we have like a little splash screen saying that Ready Press Play is about to start. So we play that during the music intro. And Dan was doing a little dance, but nobody can see him because we don't have that recorded. So just throwing that out there. Oh, okay. <laughs> that's right. I always forget. Like, you know, it's funny. Whenever the music starts playing, my mind goes to, okay, people are watching us now. So at this point, I got to be aware of the fact that I'm on camera. Like, I can't, you know, like pick my nose or scratch my balls or do all these other <laughs> things that I would be doing otherwise. Right. And then I realize. Uh, now that you know it was all a waste i, I could have been doing that all the time um, <laughs> now, as, as long as when so so yeah you're right when the song ends that's when people can see us right yes when you're like what's up air players and all that stuff that's when people get like it, i transition the yes. scene over yes yeah so i gotta i i gotta be a little bit more aware of that <laughs> lewis we've been talking we talked for like the last two weeks now i think about this crazy uh Kojima conspiracy theory with this game named Abandoned coming to the PS5, you know, some indie PS5 exclusive, all sorts of ties to potentially Silent Hill, potentially Kojima, and etc. Um, and there's another update to the story, so I wanted to just kind of bring it up as a warm-up to, uh, to our <sighs> show here in the beginning. The update is from Push Square, reported by Sammy Barker, Abandoned PS5's real-time trailer app renamed Real-Time Experience App. So here's the tweet from Blue Box Game Studios. We have changed the app name from real-time trailers to real-time experience, so the app will be released as real-time experience. What can you expect? Multiple trailers uh, with an asterisk, with duration between 5 to max 12 minutes, gameplay demonstrations, future live events, and then the asterisk says, when available. Now, come on, what's going on <laughs> with this game? Like, this is so fucking weird. <laughs> I have no I idea. Almost, I almost feel like I want to keep doing, like, a weekly update on this. Like, there's, I mean, why, where in, in hell would, why would a, I, I don't know if I say where, when, or how here, by the way, <laughs> because all of them are applicable, or, like, or why. Yeah, like, this this supposedly small studio that we know almost nothing about, like, is making an app for the PS5 that their trailer is going to be released on, They which nobody has ever done before. Then they, they push back the release date off their app last minute. Now they write a tweet saying they're renaming the app. And I, I just think this is hilarious because in a typical scenario, this is useless information. This is not the kind of thing that you write, even write a tweet about, right? <laughs> hey, you know our app that has not even released yet? That you don't even really know what it is? 
because we haven't been clear about it, but this app that we're going to use to release our game trailer on, like, actually, we want to write a tweet telling you that we're renaming it before it even comes out. It's not It's not like you're renaming a game. You're renaming an app. And then, like, and, and then here's what you can expect. Future live events, gameplay demonstrations, multiple trailers, 5 to 12 minutes. Like, what kind of, like, indie little horror game has trailers that are 5 to 12 minutes long? And multiple. Besides, and yeah. Yeah, like, this tweet almost feels like a crafted, like, like, like a, like it was intentionally crafted for people to try to pick apart. You know what I mean? Like, like, five, twelve, like, why would you specifically say that? Now, I might be becoming, like, too, like, I'm, I might be going too far down the conspiracy hole, but I'm, I don't even know anything about Silent Hill to pick it apart, but I'm just saying this feels like a tweet that was crafted to give people feel to come up with shit, you know, even if it's not real. So, I don't know. Also, I just want to throw something else out there. This is probably a complete coincidence, okay? I don't think this is related to the conspiracy at all, but I want to point it out anyway, okay? Okay. So, they're renaming the app from real-time trailers to real-time experience. Real-time experience stands for RE, right? Like, the acronym would be RE, Resident Evil. No, no, no. Absolutely not. That is a stretch. But I'm going to tell you this. Let me let me ask you this. Dan, if you were an indie developer, like a struggling indie developer in his shoes, if you had an internet conspiracy come up, wouldn't you want to like just play into it to drum up hype for get to get some sales figures under for your bottom line? Wouldn't it I, also I probably make sense would. for him to like, you know, juice it a little bit, like kind of like, you know, add some fuel to the fire, even though you know you can't deliver, but you know you'll get some profit? I definitely would because the the most difficult thing with indie games nowadays is discoverability. Like so many great, excellent indie games come out that people just never hear about because they don't even know it's uh, they exist. So the fact that this has helped this game come up on so many people's radars, even if it ends up being a disappointment that it's not what people expected, there's still a lot of those people that will end up buying the game just to see what it is that would otherwise have just never heard of it. So it's that it's the whole yes. thing like like no no PR is bad PR or I, I can't remember the exact saying right but like any kind of advertising you get even if it's for a negative reason it's still advertising people are still hearing about your game they are more likely to buy like people are just generally more likely to buy a game that they've heard about than a game that they've never heard about at all right so right. Yeah, so just wanted to kind of bring that in. Uh, I'm still in the boat of like, there's something if sh- like fishy here. I don't know what it is. Lewis, are you in the boat or not? I am 50-50 on this one. Like, I think I'm okay. buying into the hype a little bit more, but I'm also like going to just, you know, keep like a like a, a yardstick away from this conspiracy theory so I can at least have plausible deniability and say, no, nah, man, I was, mm, like, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, you're trying to keep it cool. You're trying not to get your hopes too high. I, I, I get that. I get that. That makes sense. And then the other thing I wanted to bring up here is just because it's kind of a continuation of something we we're talking about last week as well. When we talked about the Switch OLED, um, I think we brought up like there's no way that that this actually warrants being like $50 more expensive than the Switch, which has stayed at the same price four years after release. Well, Ars Technica just posted an article recently. This was written by Kyle Orland. The Nintendo's OLED model Switch is estimated to cost just $10 more to produce than the regular Switch. Um, so there, you know, you can you can get into the, the the details and the shenanigans here in this article, but you know, this just seemed to confirm our theory. You know that that this that it, it doesn't warrant the the price increase. That they really could have just probably dropped the original switch price down to like two two fifty or something and released this one for three hundred dollars, right? So uh, if I'm a betting man, I'm gonna say holiday 2022 is when it hits three hundred. 
Because, mm. you know, okay. it's coming out in October. There's no way they're going to do a Black Friday sale like a month after release uh, for 300 So they're going to make it look like, you know, they're going to reap all the benefits for like the first holiday. And then they're going to make it sound like they're giving you a deal next year. Yeah. 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 I don't know. Sometimes it feels like Nintendo only does that when they're not selling it, though. So I think it w- it's going to depend on how much this hardware is going to sell. So if mm. people still buy it, like in in in, in waves at three fifty, maybe not. But I can Ooh. I I can see it happening even more likely, like that. You're right. If if not enough people buy this this holiday season. Ooh, that's that's kind of grimy, but yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. I mean, think about what happened with the 3ds, right? Like that. Where it, <laughs> that it came that out at two hundred fifty dollars, pr- yeah. and then, yeah, got a massive price but, cut like early on. All, all right, right, cool, Lewis. Do you want to get our sound effect ready? We're going to go straight into the meat of the show today, so let's get started. It's time for Topic of the Show. A little late there. I know, right? (laughs) (laughs) I like that. I like that. Yeah, we we could do a little ASMR, Lewis. We thought about that. Maybe we could bring yeah, in some little ASMR on the. Which, I'm by sure the way, we whispered did, into this podcast before. Did, so. did you see that there there's this new like Twitch meta thing now uh, for like Twitch like e girls to do on the platform, which is no longer ASMR, oh, yeah. but it's like a step further. Have you seen this? Yeah, is... I've, like some very <laughs> squishy sounding ASMR stuff, and yeah, I know. Yeah, and I it's know. I there's a thing now called ear licking. ASMR, I think, where they'll put like they'll have these things, right? The ASMR things around their mics, and then they'll lick it. They'll spend like minutes licking it, and it was a thing where like it was like a few weeks ago where I opened Twitch and I was going through stuff, right? And then I saw like this girl doing that to like you know obviously like tens of thousands of, of viewers and shit. And then I was like, oh, this is weird. She's I feel like I feel like this is kind of crossing a line here a little bit. Like I'm, I'm <laughs> not that violated, pu- <laughs> you know. I'm not that puritan, but I'm like, oh, I, <laughs> you know, did. I almost felt a little violent. I'm like, I don't consent to this at all. And then I, you know, I go, I go, I get out of it, and I start like scrolling through like other, you know, kind of like sh- sh- shit on the ASMR category and etc. And I realized that it was like a bunch. A lot of people were doing this, so it's it's like a new trend. It's a new, I've heard of it. Yeah, it, yeah, I don't even know if it's still trendy because that was a few weeks ago. But if it still is, you know, I don't know how I feel about that. But anyway, that's not you what our topic of the I show. Feel about that. You already know <laughs> yeah. how I feel about it. I'm not going to repeat myself. So, yes. yes, you can go back a few episodes to listen to that if you'd like. That's not our topic of the show. You know, we're going to we're going to leave like ear licking ASMR for a future topic of the show, perhaps. But uh, for now, you know what? for you YouTube people, you YouTube people, bam, card right there. So. <laughs> Louis, I want to talk about release dates. Something that I realize we don't have a lot of right now. Yeah, they're we in short actually, supply. Yeah, they are kind of in short supply. We have no release dates for any of the upcoming PlayStation games that we know about, as far as I can tell. Okay. We have no release dates for a lot of the major Nintendo games that we presume are in development or that we know are in development for a long time, like Metroid Prime 4, like Breath of the Wild 2. And we have no release date for a game that was supposed to come out a year ago, which is Halo Infinite. <laughs> <laughs> we have no release date for a year that's uh, for a game that's still coming out this year, Horizon. Yeah, yeah, I know, and we're already in July. Yeah. So you know, obviously, I, I'm guessing that might be a factor of the pandemic. But it's normal to have games in the horizon that we don't have release dates for. But when I was preparing this topic, I realized that we have an almost abnormal amount of games that we don't have release dates for. To the point where I came up with a list of 20 
And I could have added many more if I wanted. <laughs> I am not even adding speculated games to this list. This is games that we know about, that we've seen in some capacity, uh, for the most part. You know, they there are some that are a little iffy. Yeah. yeah, but games that have been shown, announced, uh, named with at least like a code name or something, and that we know are in development and are coming out supposedly sometime relatively soon. When I say, re- <laughs> let's pay attention to the relative there. Yeah. So. Let's just say I wanna... the, this console generation, because I don't know. Yeah. yeah. I'm pretty the... sure like two of these are going to be like a vaporware kind of like <laughs> Kingdom Hearts 3 situation where they get announced at the early of the early onset of the generation, but don't come out towards the end of it. Exactly. Like Dreams, right? <laughs> like Dreams, so yes. That could totally be the case for some of those. Um, so I thought it would be fun to go through the list with you and to do probably our most long-term prediction game yet. <laughs> 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 Trying to predict the release dates for these games. Now... I think having to predict, you know, an exact day is a little too much. We'll probably be here for a really long time if we're doing that. Um, so instead of doing that, I want us to come up with a year and a month. Now, I, I don't want us to be saying spring whatever here or fall whatever. We got to say September, November, October. And now here's how we're going to, when we are eventually scoring this probably like five years from now. <laughs> here's how we're going to score it. When I came up with this, let me know if you agree. If you got the year right, but just that. You get a point. If you get the year and the quarter right, meaning you predicted September, but the game came out in October. You predicted October and the game came out in November or whatever. Then you get two points. But if you get the month right, and theoretically also the quarter and the year, then you get three points. And we'll see whoever has the most points. I almost feel like we could do like a yearly check-in on this, by the way. Okay. (laughs) To see how it's going. Maybe. It will be another one of those topics that becomes a, record, a recurring thing that we sometimes forget to do anyway. Yes. Um, so are you down to do this? All right. Are you down I'm with down. the rules? This is good. Okay. These are good rules. Okay. Okay. Sounds good. All right. So I have those in alphabetical order. Do you want to go through them in alphabetical order or do you want to jump around? Maybe go to the big ones first. Let's, uh, let's jump around and do the big ones first here. Let's go okay. with most anticipated. All right. All right. So I'll let you pick a starting point and, and regale me a little bit. Okay, Breath of the Wild, obviously. Like, okay. Breath of the Wild 2 is easily going to be one of the most anticipated games on this list. Uh, not to say that this list isn't like any chummy, but I'm already, I'm already going to tell you right now, 100%, you can take this to the bank. This is like the, my most, my most um, surest release window here that I can come up with out of any game on this list bar none. And that is November 2022. That's where I'm I'm staking my claim here on this one. I think I don't I, I already wrote one here, but I think it's the same. So let me pull it up. Yep. November 2022 for me as well. Uh that's one where we're we're either both going to get points or or neither of us because I agree with you. I think it makes sense. Uh I think it's one of those situations where th- this game will end up having coming out a lot longer after Breath of the Wild 1 than I would have anticipated. I mean at that point it will be like 5 and a half years. Um, but it, the way things are looking like right now, you know, the fact that we have still not gotten an official title, I believe the fact that we still have not really seen that much of the game really, um, I mean, as far as I can tell, we haven't seen like a full, like gameplay look or anything like that. It's really just been these trailers that have all sorts of cryptic information in, um, it feels like this game is still far off, still at least a year away. And when you, when you think a year from now, that's already July 2022, I think it makes sense for this to be the big fall game for Nintendo next year. Uh, so yeah. I'm with you. 
I, I was just gonna say, like, usually, like, it's like the Friday before Thanksgiving is usually like a big fall game for for Nintendo, and they always like put a slot in there. Um, mm-hmm. I can think of like many a years where they've done it before, and I feel like this is gonna be like one of those kind of headliner situations, and they would want to put Zelda there in that like prime prime real estate spot. Um, and so, if if it were to come out in the spring, like I know they gave a whole blanket like twenty twenty two at E three and stuff. Uh, I think the only reason why I wouldn't even want to say early twenty twenty two is because if they if they were even planning it, they would have said it, you know, spring yeah. or something. Yeah, I think you got a good point there. Now, right. perhaps another one that we can that we can get to now, which is also pretty big and highly anticipated, and has been highly anticipated for a while, is Halo Infinite, which we just mentioned. It's been, we've seen this game plenty of times now. It was supposed to be the launch title for the Series X, the reason to get a Series X, and it missed that window. And then, you know, initially I thought maybe it was going to be like a spring 2021 game or something. Well, now we already know it's holiday 2021, but we got into July and we still don't have a date, which could mean a lot of things. So I'm going to make a prediction that is perhaps a little bit risky because I'm going to predict that they still make it this year. And they make it at the date that they originally intended it to before. That they're a little concerned about it right now, but that they're still going to be able to take it to the finish line and release this game in November of 2021. You know what? So. Honestly, Dan, I was thinking the exact same thing. But just to just to like you know not be too agreeable, I'm going to change my my prediction. Okay, first okay. off, I'm going to throw, throw this out there. I was thinking like the first the one year anniversary of the Xbox Series X launch, which would be like the uh, the twentieth anniversary of the original Xbox launch. Master Chief is twenty years old. I was thinking like a big blowout. Um, that, yeah. That's that's honestly like my God's honest truth. I bet you that's what they want internally. But here's here's where I'm going to differ. I'm going to be like. I'm going to say that there's going to be some kind of fuck up, some kind of situation where they're like, we need four more weeks. So we're, we're going to do like a cyberpunk situation where just wait four <laughs> more weeks. I know we've gone gold, but, you know, a little delay here. So I'm going to go with December 2021. Okay. Just okay, so that I way, number that. one, number one, like, I, like you, I'm sure the intention is there, but they're going to do that thing where they're like, you know, Final Fantasy 15 has been delayed three more weeks or whatever. Final Fantasy 7 has been delayed four more weeks. Like, it's going to be a yeah. situation where they're going to look like, they're going to look like, uh, like total uh, assholes with, you know, with their pants pulled down and stuff like that. Um, you know, showing a little incompetence, you know, that incompetence that we've been seeing from Xbox Halo team as of late, I would mm-hmm. say. So uh, not to say, not to say, I know it's sounding like I'm throwing shade kind of a little bit, but not too much shade. It's more like, it's more of like, instead of casting judgment, it's more of like, it's just the way it is. Yeah. Yeah. Here's the, you know, it's, I don't know. Like I, I have no insider information about it or anything, but you, I guess I, I got to give you a little bit of credit for, for calling out, like, you know, whenever you say, like, where there's smoke, there's fire and that, and that <laughs> kind of thing. Like, there, there must have been some, some issues with this game because they changed leadership towards the end. Uh, they had to take a whole extra year. We still don't have a release date, which at the least shows that they're not confident about it, right? Like, that they're not, <laughs> if they were confident about it hitting a specific date, then, then they would have said it already, right? Like, like Bethesda was Starfield. They're confident. Yeah. They put an actual hard date on that on Starfield. That's crazy. Even though you've argued earlier in this year on the predictions episode in the beginning of the year that I listened back to recently, you were saying, you know, Starfield is vaporware. We won't see it forever and et cetera. But (laughs) Bethesda seems to think otherwise. They they seem to have their ducks in a row. It seems like they they do believe they're going to have the game ready November next year and et cetera. um, And having a hard, giving a hard date to it. Uh, With Xbox, you can tell like they're not... They're not, they're not there yet. So yeah, I could see a situation. It's, it, it's not beyond the realm of possibility that this game even gets pushed to 2022. Yeah. I just January feel like, or something like that. Yeah. 
I just feel like that would make them look so bad <laughs> that uh, it's one of those things where they'll do everything in their power to prevent it. Um, yes. So. By the way, just want to say this out there, throw this out there. If they manage to do January 2022, it's still technically holiday 2021. If you want to like stretch the truth or whatever. <laughs> so that's why or, I'm or, saying like I'm going to say giving them wiggle room, you know. Our game is coming out on New Year's Day. Still holiday. <laughs> <laughs> well, we didn't tell you what holiday, you know. <laughs> We're coming out on Easter. I don't know. Yeah, All right, exactly. Liz. Pick your next game from the list. All right. So we've done a Nintendo's big game. We've done Xbox's big game. So let's go to a PlayStation's big game. I would say the most anticipated PlayStation title would be God of War Ragnarok. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to guess I'll go ahead and just, uh, you know, uh, throw my my hat down here, and I'm gonna go with. Um, let's go with uh, July uh, 2022. I'm gonna say that if there's a possibility that this game was in some way, some shape or form intended for this year, then fine. We're not gonna give them late next year. We're gonna give them like prime time, like Last of Us, uh, Ghost of Tsushima, real estate here, and give them the summer. And also, I've been noticing that. Uh, with the when the entire PS4 generation, almost never was there ever an actual like holiday title for PlayStation. It's always been leaning on the third parties, like the Call of Duties of the world, to like to make the holiday lineup. So I'm gonna just go out and say that the game is gonna be done when it's done, and it's probably mm-hmm. gonna hit summer. So July 2022. I think that's a pretty good uh, prediction, and I was about to predict March until I had a thought process here and i decided not to anymore i'm gonna go with october 2022 but knowing that i could see it coming out in july i could see coming out like in a few different points in the year i do think this game is gonna hit in 2022 um i i i I don't believe they ever really expected it to come out in 2021 but they also would not have put that date on it if they knew the game was years out Yes. So I think I think it's safe to say it will come out in 2022. I could see it being earlier in the year, just like I could see it being in the fall. Uh, so because you predicted summer, I'm going to go ahead and predict October. Fall. I'm going to ha- go ahead and predict fall. And I'm predicting fall because I don't want to predict spring, which is when I think Horizon Forbidden West is going to come out. So I am predicting that Horizon Forbidden West does not come out in 2021. And it actually comes out in March of 2022, exactly five years after the original Horizon came out. And thus putting that game in the same year as Breath of the Wild 2, just like Breath of the Wild 1 <laughs> and Horizon came out in the same year. So l- let me ask you this. Um, is Horizon still technically a 2021 title? Like, is it still like marketing PR speak, like still being talked about as a 2021 title? Because I, I swear I must have heard something about a delay by now. I don't think so. I think it's still officially 2021. They haven't dated it. But I think there was something, uh, there was definitely something a few months ago where they, uh, like, like Sony put out a post, like, talking about, like, their 2021 games with some, like, revised uh, release dates. And I think Horizon and God of War were not included in it, which is what led to a lot of the speculation starting. Um, but I... I could get that wrong. I don't I don't remember it that well, but I don't think there's been an official delay yet. I think the game is still stated is later to come out in uh, 2021. OK, but I can look I'm going to go. I'm going to go with February 2022. Simply. Uh, I mean, I kind of would, would agree with March as well, but 
I am thinking to myself that Sony is in the business of releasing games when they're done. I don't think they pull a Nintendo and like sit on a game because Nintendo has known to sit on a, on a completed game, you know, and release it whenever uh, their strategies say so. So my thinking is if this game is truly an, in, an intent, like full on intentions of releasing this year, if there's going to be a situation where they need a little bit more time, they'll go ahead and release it in February. Um, they have ex- released exclusives in February as well, like PlayStation exclusives in February. So they're not above, you know, putting that out there. I think, what was it? Uh, what was Dreams. That? Like, Dreams Gone. Yeah. Or Days Gone has come out in February, I want to say. And yes, Dreams too. So, you know. Um, so yeah, I'll go with and give them the benefit of the doubt and say that they're going to they're gonna be done early, early 2022. Yeah. So um, Wikipedia says 2021 for Horizon, but the, the official page on the PlayStation website doesn't have anything. It just says release date to be confirmed. So, yeah, I don't know. Okay. Um, all right. So I kind of did, like, you know, you, 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 you called out God of War and then I brought up Horizon. Do you want to do you want to pick the next one? Sure. Let's go ahead and do third party here. And uh, let's see a third party game that's big, but not but, and very anticipated. You know what? Fuck it. Let's just go with Vaporware. Uh, <laughs> Grand Theft Auto 6. Okay. Uh, so- this is the farthest, the farthest out we can go. There was a story. I don't even know, by the way. I put an uh, like uh, the table that that I have that we're going through. I I have the the dates where they were revealed, like the years where these games were revealed. And for GTA Six, I put an NA because I couldn't quite tell. There's been like ramblings of it for a while, but I don't know if it was ever like super officially confirmed. There's been like like people from Rockstar whenever they're interviewed in places like Kotaku and stuff, they're like, "Yeah, we're working on GTA Six, but it's gonna there be hasn't a big been map. like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, like there hasn't been like a review, I guess, but um, yeah, like. That game, man, it's uh, there was a story, I think, last week that was part of our extra news where somebody talked about how like the game might still be three years or four years out or something like that. So I don't know, man. It, it, I'll, I'll let you start with, with this one. Let's go ahead and uh, put out um, November 2026. I'll okay. go ahead and go as that far out here because I think... Uh, it'll, what would that be like 13 years or yeah, 13 years after the Grand Theft Auto five, it gives them like a decade to play with as far as Grand Theft Auto five, Red Dead Redemption two, and then Grand Theft Auto six. Okay. So I just checked the release date for GTA five and it was September of 2013. Okay. So I'm going to go ahead and say September of 2020. We're in one, then there's two, three. You know what? I'm going to say, I'm going to be a lot more bold than you are with this one. And I'm going to say September of 2024. Oh, sooner rather than later. I'm, yeah, I'm going to hmm. guess sooner rather than later. Now, And here's why. Because when you think about September of 2024, we are in July of 2021. <laughs> that is still three years away. <laughs> you know, so you're going five years from now. I'm, I'm honestly, going three like, years from I'm now. I'm honestly thinking they're not even like fully like underway with, with like, production actually they technically should be because of red dead redemption but i'm i'm more know. of like the mindset of rockstar takes as long as they want however long they want and also not to mention when it comes to their ambition they will get every minute detail right before releasing a product as far as like population density ai like i grand theft auto 6 is going to be what cyberpunk was promised to be if you think about <laughs> it mm-hmm Good point, so, good point. Uh, there's going to be so many mini games. It's going to have mod support. It's going to do what? It's going to have all the bells and whistles. It'll basically out GTA 5, basically, is how I'm seeing it. So with that being said, I'm giving them like, you know what? Take all the development time you need. Come out the, come out at the end of the, of the console generation. Who the, who the hell cares? You'll still sell. 
Right. That's true. That's true. Now, where they did that last last time, they were yes. at the end of the PS3 generation. So, um, now I think from now on, I'm probably going to be a little bit more optimistic with things coming sooner versus you're going to be more pessimistic with things coming <laughs> later, right? Or I don't even, yeah. maybe, I don't even, we shouldn't even call it pessimistic, actually, because it's not like it's necessarily a bad thing, but. Yeah, um, everything is and, vaporware in my eyes. Yeah. In similar energy, we're going to go to another sixth entry in a franchise and talk about Elder Scrolls Six. <laughs> another now, vaporware. <laughs> Now, here's the thing. This is one where I'm sure I'm going to also be a lot more optimistic than, than you would be. But fuck it. I want to be the optimist today on this topic. I have the set for, no- oh, you know what? November of 2025. <laughs> <laughs> and that's my optimistic look into it. So four years from now. Here's why. Star Starfield. They're, uh-huh. they're in full development on Starfield. It comes okay. out November of 2022. So I believe that from the moment Starfield is out, that from that point on, it will take them three years to get Elder Scrolls Six done. And here's I, I I say that knowing that Elder Scrolls Six is already in development in some capacity, just not full force. I believe as Bethesda approaches the end of Starfield, they're going to slowly transition their devs to Elder Scrolls Six. So I think we're going to see some development on Elder Scrolls Six next year. And I think after that, in three years, I think they'll make the game. So... It is it is bullish when you think about it. So even though 2025 feels so far away, it is still kind of optimistic. I'm not going to give you I'm not going to give you flack for that because if you think mm-hmm. about how much extra more resources Microsoft money is doing for them, um I would even go as far as to say is like what is like the the what is like the history of like the releases from like Fallout 4 and all that stuff? You know, what's the cadence? Is it like is there is there more uh output than we give them credit for? You know what I mean? Like so I would even go as far as to say you might be right. So you know, I think I think I'm, I'm going to pull up their 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 schedule by the way because they, you're right. Like so, let's look at the at the tense for Bethesda okay. Game Studios. They put out Skyrim in 2011, then Fallout 4 in 2015, which was four years four later. Years. Okay. Um, and then I'm skipping the re-releases and the weird like side projects and etc. But then Fallout 76 was three years after that in 2018. And then now Starfield is, is is set up for four years after that in 2022. Um, so like three to four years between projects. Now, in the middle of this, we also need to consider they did uh, a bunch of Skyrim special editions, Skyrim VR, Fallout VR, Elder Scroll Blades on mobile, Fallout Shelter. So those are all like kind of like side projects that I assume they will have like a small group of people in there making. Um but, you know, their cadence has been like they'll put out like a big game if you consider Fallout 76 that um every Three to four years. Yeah. So yeah. let's go. I'll go ahead and just you know what? Fuck it. I'll give him the I'll give him the GTA Five prediction. Uh, November twenty twenty six. You know what? I'll go ahead and we'll we'll go ahead and both stick it out on for for uh, November, but we'll just do one year apart. Uh, I almost kind of want to retroactively change my uh, uh, my GTA prediction to September of twenty twenty six instead, so that way they're okay. not competing with each other. Maybe. Yeah. Go for it. Am I allowed if to? You want okay. to? Yeah. All right. I don't right, care. I'll do that. <laughs> I, I figured that could happen because as we're thinking about this, it's like, wait, but would they do that? Like, would they co- like it's like Sony, right? Like, would they put out Horizon and God of War in the same month? Probably yeah. not. So then you like go back and you want to change it. So I totally get that. And you can pick the next game as well. All right. Let's go ahead and uh, talk about uh, Bayonetta 3. It's definitely an anticipated <laughs> Switch game. And I'm going to tell you right now, <clears throat> I am... It's like it's like really weird because Platinum Games has been known to just put out a game like just 
like that. Yeah. You know what I mean? And also, they've had games canceled on them, like from Xbox and stuff, like the like Scalebound and stuff. So, I am uh, I'm surprised by how much output they can pull they can pull off. But also, like it almost kind of feels like they they just you know signed their lives away like constantly with so many contracts at one at one time. Wasn't there like a situation where like Platinum had like five games concurrently in development or something like that? Or I don't remember. Yeah. But. Yeah, Isn't there it? there there have been things like that. Like so, just so you see, like their their recent output in uh in 2016, they worked on Star Fox Zero, Star Fox Guard, uh, TMNT game. Then on 2017, they released Nier Automata, Lost Order. 2019, Astro Chain. 2020, they remastered the Wonderful 101. Uh, and then they have two games uh with the release in 2021. I'm not sure if they're out or not yet, but World of Demons and Salt Cresta. And then they have four games in development with not announced release dates, which are Bayonetta 3, Babylon's Fall, which I believe we saw at a recent like summer gaming thing, uh, Grand Blue Fantasy Relink, uh, and Project GG. Um, and they at some point had scale bound in development, which that got canceled. So yeah, they they almost make an average of like a game a year, <laughs> um, if not more. Yeah. So. You would have expected Bayonetta 3 to already come out. I kind of feel like it must be at the verge of coming out, though, really. If it um, was, we'd see it, we would have seen it. trailers or some, like, like promotional material by now. Like, I, I'm going to throw it out here and say October 2023. I'm thinking that it came out in October of 2014, was Bayonetta 2. So I'm just going to go ahead and give them that October, like, ooh, Halloween kind of release window. But I'm mm-hmm. going to go ahead and just put it out two years out because... I think it I think this game may be going through some kind of development hell because we have it not could. we have not seen a damn thing since the game awards back in 2017 and like every time one of the directors a game the game director says oh yeah it's coming along and that's like literally oh that's like that's like the only word we've been getting on that game so no yeah. I don't believe it yeah, that's one of the games that has been announced the longest in this list, um, like you pointed out, 2017. I am giving it September of 2022, so once again, I'm, be- I'm being more optimistic than you, I think. Uh, we maybe see it at the Game Awards again this year, um, and then they work on it for another, like, 10 months or whatever, and then it we've comes been saying, out. We've been saying that for every Game Awards, like, oh, we're going to see it at the Game Awards <laughs> this year, you know what I mean? Yeah, well, you it's know, like, we'll uh, see. <laughs> what's that one? It's like The Last Guardian all over again. Yes, yes. Or the or the infamous Metroid Prime trilogy on the Switch, <laughs> which oh, I yeah. I remember I actually remember people predicting that for like the Wii U, like <laughs> like that it was they were going to do a Metroid <laughs> Prime trilogy for the Wii U. Um, yes. Anyway, all right. So next one here, let's see. I'm going to pick Hellblade 2. So we saw this in 2019. It was the <clears throat> first game that that was announced for the Series X, I think. Yes. Uh, with the announcement of the console during the Game Awards. And we haven't really seen much from it yet. Uh, it actually comes across like that game is earlier in development than we would have otherwise anticipated. I would have wanted to see it come out this year, but it looks like that's not the case yet. Um, so I am putting that one in November of 2023. Whoa. I think that, yeah. Huh. So here's the one where maybe maybe I'm being the pessimistic one now. Yeah. Um, I'm thinking that this game is like a 2022 game. Like since it could uh, be. All right, I'm going to go with October 2022, and here's why I'm thinking that. Because they already gave uh, November uh, 2022 uh, to Bethesda with Starfield. So I'm sure mm-hmm. that they're, they're going to want to space it out a month apart. And then they're going to do that thing where it's like Xbox has the greatest uh, holiday lineup ever. And they're going to have like, you know, a, a September like uh, Forza game. And then this has the October game. And then Bethesda has the November game. And then some other game as a December game. So they're like, look at all our exclusives and stuff like that. They've done that before, like that sizzle reel before. And I want to say that. Scale I bound. Put- 
yeah. Fable Legends, yeah. Crackdown 3. <laughs> <laughs> Phantom exactly. dust. <laughs> yes, exactly. Like I want to. I'm. I'm like. I'm like thinking. I'm thinking marketing uh, speak here. You know what I mean. So mm-hmm. I'm going with like a, a robust holiday lineup for next year. And yeah, that's what I'm thinking. I I think there's there's almost an equal chance for you to be right than there is for me to be right. I'll tell you why I'm going with a little bit farther though for this game. Um, like I said, this was the first game we saw that was announced for the Xbox, right? But then. This year, think about their showcase. Think about how focused on games they were and how many games we saw and how many games had a 2022 release window at the end. Yes. Um, I just kind of feel like if Hellblade 2 was clo- like was closer to release that we would have seen it in that showcase. So to me, the fact that we didn't see it in that showcase kind of puts it in my mind that this game is far. Um, and my theory, and, I, and I, I brought this up in the podcast before, is that I think Xbox wants Ninja Theory to be their naughty dog. They want Ninja Theory. They're not there yet, but they want them to be that studio, that, like, prestige, like, where they're going to be making these, like, highly polished, linear experiences that, that are, like, emotionally driven and have, like, a strong narrative and all that stuff. And, like, their Game of the Year contender stuff. Um because they don't really have that studio yet. Um, and I think that Ninja Theory, from from their portfolio to me, and it's not like their other studios aren't great, but they're, they're the closest one to making that kind of game. When you when you see Hellblade, that is the that is one of the closest like games to uh to like a Sony game um, than any of the other stuff that Xbox makes, which are more like either multiplayer, like Sea of Thieves, or like first person shooter, you know, like Halo and stuff like that. So um, because of that, I think they'll give them plenty of time. I think they're gonna want this to be com- like extremely polished and and uh, you know as good as it can be. So I think they're gonna give them the extra time. I think 2023 is what I'm going with there. Um, mm, I'm just gonna. I, I just want to say, like, I want to give one more argument for my my uh, optimism yeah. here. They got an engine, they got assets, they got 3D models already made. I'm sure there's got to be a way to to Majora, Majora's Mask this hoe. Yeah. <laughs> Besides, Hellblade One Wild, is Breath of the Wild Two didn't Majora's Mask this, and even they promised us to more Majora's mm-hmm. Mask this. But whatever, you know. Besides, Hellblade <laughs> One is kind of like. It it it's been around for a while. Is isn't that a 2016 game? I think like I think so. Th- yeah, th- that game is is possibly like five years old now. So they they must have been working on this for a while. Although Ninja Theory also has like three projects in development. I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, they've been they've been uh, splitting their teams and stuff like that. Let's go to another big one here. Metroid Prime Four. When are we seeing that motherfucker? Oh, this got announced in 2017, and then we learned. I think early in 2019 that they were restarting development. Does that sound right? Yes. Yes. Huh. All right. And we ha- we haven't seen it since. All right. So I gave I gave Metroid Prime uh, I gave Breath of the Wild to the holiday banner title. So I don't see uh, Metroid Prime uh, three or I'm sorry Metroid Prime four and Breath of the Wild two coming out in the same holiday window. So mm-hmm. because we have seen literally nothing except the logo. I'm just gonna go with uh, the next holiday, November 2023, for Nintendo. I think that might be. No, it's not what I have here. Let's review mine. I have this on March 2023, so a little weird. Don't know why I picked that date. <laughs> it almost kind of seems arbitrary because, like, here's the it, thing: like, I would say yeah. March 2023 makes more sense to release Metroid Prime Trilogy on the Switch, on the Switch mm-hmm. to like drum up uh, excitement for the holiday title. Uh, maybe when I picked this, I was looking at uh, the release date for the previous game, so I kind of want to pull that up now um, and and see when uh, when did the Retro Studios um, games come out. Let's see. 
you know, it's almost kind of a little ballsy of me because I don't know if they would want to give Metroid a banner uh, release date. They would it would be reserved for like Pokemon, Mario, or Zelda. So mm. it's almost kind of maybe I'm, I may I may be like being over optimistic about how well Nintendo wants to treat Metroid as a banner franchise. That's a good point. Let me give you some data here. So Metroid Prime, the first one, came out in November. Okay. Then uh, Metroid Prime Two also came out in November. Okay. Never mind. Prime Three. Okay, so here here we get kind of weird. So Prime Three came out came out in August in uh, North America, and then the following March in Japan. That is weird. I wonder if that's right. You know what? I'm what changing. Wikipedia I'm says. changing mine just one month one month sooner. I'm gonna go with October 2023. <clears throat> okay. October 2023. So that way it gives Nintendo uh, marketing blitz maneuvers to put mm-hmm. out a Mar- Mario Odyssey two or a Mario Kart nine or something like that. So Donkey Donkey Kong Country uh, Returns was November, February. and then and then Tropical Freeze was February. Yes. Um. So yeah, they've they've kind of explored the calendar there with the games from that studio. Um. So I could see I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna stick to March. Yeah. I think it's one of those. It's like it, it will be the the Animal Crossing of, of that year. <laughs> okay. But it will not. But it will not be the flagship like fall game, which yeah. last year was uh. Hyrule Warriors or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not a good look for them. But yes, uh, so yeah, that's why I'll just bump it down to October. I gave it, gave it the Mario Odyssey 1 release calendar on that one. Okay. You can All pick right. the next one, Lewis. Let's go with, um, you know what? Screw it. Let's go with something that I'm excited about. Um, <laughs> Uncharted 6, a.k.a. Indiana Jones. <laughs> I was about to be like, I didn't put Uncharted Six here. Also, has there been that many Uncharted's? <laughs> no, there's only been there's only been four. Well, five if you can count the Vita. Six if you count Lost Legacy. So we, hmm. it would be the seventh Uncharted game. Well, eighth if you count the oh. random uh, Gotcha match, game or whatever. Yeah, that they yeah, match yeah. three, whatever. Yeah, that little jewel puzzle thingy. Uh, so yeah, I want to go with Indiana Jones simply because all we did was get like a trailer that just. It's not even a cinematic. It's more... Well, I guess it is a cinematic. Um, but yeah, <clears throat> they announced it earlier this year. We have no... Um, we have nothing to like grasp on as far as like how long does it take for machine games to make a game? How far in development are they? You know, do, I'll give you they? some data. I'll give uh, you some data, right? Okay. So they work fast making Wolfenstein, at least. Okay. So the New Order came out in 2014. The Old Blood came out in 2015. And there was some Quake game in 2016. Wolfenstein 2, The New Colossus came out in 2017. Youngblood was 2019, same year as Cyberpilot. Uh, some of those must be like weird little like spin-off stuff, but okay. um, they put out like like at least three mainline Wolfenstein games in like a five-year span. Okay. Um, now, there's a difference between making a sequel to an existing game to like making something completely new. Yes. Um. So right now, they have two things in development, uh, supposedly. They have another Wolfenstein game. I'm not sure if this is confirmed or not, but it says on Wikipedia, which we all know is not the best reliable source for anything, and the Indiana Jones game. Their last release was in 2019. Hmm. So it's been like two years since their last release. I am willing to bet that they just acquired the Indiana Jones license from Disney or Mm -hmm. Lucasfilm and stuff like that. I don't think they're far along into the process. So I'm going to... um, Give them the October 2024 release window here on this one. It just sounds about right. I think Machine Games uh, tends to come early fall, like September, October, from like the Wolfenstein stuff. So I'll go ahead mm-hmm. and just, uh, you know, peg them there. And I'll say that it's about three years out. So, yeah. Okay. You know, I think you're right. I think we'll see a new Wolfenstein, um, like, 
sooner. I think we'll see a new, we possibly will see a new Wolfenstein within the next like 12 or 18 months, I think. Um, and then this game is probably farther out. I am going to guess, though, that this will be a summer game. Mm. So I'm going to put this in July off the same year that you predicted. So 2024. We'll see All right. how that goes. Now, let's see what else we have here. School so, and Bones. Okay. That's School a fun bones. one. All right. Is that, Isn't that, and that's that, vaporware at this point, right? That's got to be like the yeah. most vaporware game in this entire list. Announced in 2017. We've seen some, I think we saw it. Did we ever see it? Actually, I don't even remember we if we ever saw it. it. We saw gameplay of it on E3 where like there's like an Assassin's Creed style like ship battle and the high uh-huh. seas and rains happening, all that stuff. I thought we were they were much farther along with all that that gameplay that they showed. Um, I, wasn't it a situation where they're like, oh, we, we didn't think it was that fun, so we didn't want to release it, so we went back to the drawing board or something like that? Um, I'm on, I don't honestly, remember. Go I'm ahead. honestly like, in my opinion, I'm going to obviously put out a date on this one, but... I wouldn't be surprised if we have like a scale bound situation where it gets canceled out the calendar. Like, Louis, I'm going to give you a choice right here since I made the rules, right? <laughs> I'm going to allow you to predict for this and any other game we go through canceled. Okay. And if you predict canceled and you get it right, I'll give you five points. <laughs> <laughs> uh... But uh, up to you, up to you. Now, mm. I'm going to put a date on it, and I, I, I'm i going to be extremely optimistic with my date. And my reasoning is this. I think this game is basically done. It's been in development for long enough. I think that there's some issues with it that they're worried about. I do think it's probably one of those situations. This happens, actually, in the games industry all the time, where they have a game that's close to being done, and they're considering canceling it. Because they're like, well, maybe this is not that fun, or we're past the timeline for this. It's probably not... This is not within the plans anymore. Like a we're, Star Fox 2 situation. Yeah, or like, we gotta rethink the way we're doing things, etc. But I would be surprised if this game is not at least, like, you know, like, 70% done, or something like that at this point. Okay. Um, so because of that, I'm going to predict that this game is going to come out next year. Okay. So I'm giving this September of 2022. However, I could see it equally as likely that it gets canceled. I could see it equally as likely that it vanishes and it comes back years from now. I don't know. But I'm going to stick with the optimist route of like, they have this game done. They got to sort out some issues. They're going to work hard on it for the next year. We're going to see it at the next Ubisoft forward like or there's Ubisoft words all the time, but we're going to see it in like July next year, like during E3 season. They're going to be like, hey, we did it. It's here. It comes out in two months and it's going to come and go and nobody's going to care. But <laughs> that's that's what I think. You know what? I haven't been doing a lot of spring titles, so I'm going to go ahead and give it the spring 2023 release date here. Okay. I'm going to say maybe I, I, I'm looking. I looked at the Wikipedia for uh, for Skull and Bones and. It doesn't seem to give uh, give me any like uh, red flags that would indicate to me that this game is going to get canceled. So uh, and um, and probably it's probably like a bad source anyways because why would a Wikipedia tell me that it's going to get canceled? <laughs> but you know, now that notwithstanding, um, I'm going to go ahead and just say that they they're going to want it to be a holiday title, but it's going to do that that thing where um, where they do like a Far Cry situation. It's like, oops, sorry, we're delaying it into the spring. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. Another thing is that game's probably going to get renamed. I can see... You know what I think is going to happen with this game? I think it's going to be very similar to uh, Immortals Phoenix Rising, where mm. uh, we knew about it with the game with the name Gods and Monsters 
for a little bit. And then suddenly they're like, hey, here's the full review of the game. Here's the actual name. And then I think it came out within like six months of that after they they did a proper review of it. Um, so I think it's going to be one of those situations. Then people are going to play it. Maybe some people are going to like it, but it's not going to be the new Assassin's Creed. I think it's just going to be a like the spin-off. Well, since we're talking about Ubisoft, uh, uh, Beyond Good and Evil 2, is that ever going to happen? Oh, yeah. I totally forgot on, about that one. It's not on this yeah. list, but you know. There's always a possibility that people are going to cancel, or people are already like cancel, already calling it that it's canceled. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I feel like you know, I I base this list off of like things that I looked up, like hey, like games coming out or whatever games coming out that we don't have release dates for, and that game didn't even come up. <laughs> so <laughs> I think I think people almost start forgetting about it at this point. You know, crazy. <laughs> it was I know. it was officially announced at an E3 with the cinematic yeah. trailer. So yeah, fuck you, Dan. No, no, I know, I know. That wasn't that wasn't me talking shit about you for bringing it up. It was more like that show. Like I think that shows that uh, that game is not as as much on people's radars anymore. It's so because it, it was so long ago. Yeah. Um, but anyway, all right. All right. So let's see our next one here. I'm gonna go with. You know what? Let's talk about Redfall. We just saw this with the cinematic trailer at the end of the Xbox conference, the Xbox D3 conference that we saw this year. Uh, this is being developed by Arcane. They're the developers of the Dishonored series. Uh, I think they also have like different games in development at the same time. We did not see any gameplay for this. It was just cinematic. So what are you thinking, Louis? I'm thinking early fall. I'm thinking August 2022. It's going to help uh, give them that momentum, like kind of like late summer, early fall, kind of like like sweet spot Goldilocks zone where, you know, uh, mm-hmm. uh, Xbox can start touting about how we got games and stuff like that. And, you know, yeah, I think this game is, this game it sounds like to me that this game is much further along than we think or that they've let on. Mm-hmm. And on top of that, you know, the uh, uh, fame, you know, the guy that runs the website, you know, level one gaming, the YouTube channel, all that good jazz. He had one of the voice actresses on the double XP podcast in it. It sounds she didn't answer like she she wasn't allowed to answer whether or not she was done with her voice lines. But I get the sense of feeling that, you know, she's done with her voice lines is what I'm I'm speculating here. So I'm going to go ahead and just say, yeah, that sweet spot. August 2022. You know, you just helped me because I kind of had no idea when this game was coming out. And I was thinking further away. But, you know, you kind of led me to believe that 2022 might be right, and I'm going to give it... <laughs> I made you change your prediction? <laughs> yes, I, I, I'm going to give it the October, the, the October month instead. So I'm thinking, so like, we'll have, that will be the Xbox, in my in my plan, that would be the Xbox game for October, and then uh, Starfield will be the Xbox game for November so, next yeah. year. So yeah. you're like, fuck Hellblade, you know? Because <laughs> that's right, yeah. like, you're giving me my Hellblade Exactly, release. exactly. So yeah. since I pushed Hellblade out, I think next year will be Redfall and then um, yeah. Starfield. Okay, okay. All right, pick the next one, Lewis. All right, let's go ahead and go with uh, Perfect Dark, that N64 gem that Xbox <laughs> uh, finally is doing something with. Right. Um, I think that because we only saw a cinematic and we haven't heard or seen anything from uh, from it, from it since, this game is not an, an, in any way, shape, or form a 2022 game. So I'm going to go ahead and give it a 2023 release window, and I haven't quite decided on the month. So Dan, I'll let you go first, and I'll inf- it'll inform my decision. <laughs> All right, let me think. So this is difficult because it's the first game by a new studio. The studio oh, is called yeah. The Initiative. It was founded by in Santa Monica when and 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 I remember it was advertised as like, oh, this is Xbox's like quadruple A studio, right? So maybe this is a more apt comparison to Naughty Dog in a way, like it's even nearby to it, it's even close to it, uh, close to Sony Santa Monica as well. 
Um, the only reason why I didn't compare it before is it seems like they're going with something like that is not, you know, the traditional like third person Naughty Dog game. Um, and I was I, that's the kind of comparison I was making there. Uh, but so this studio, like it was announced that it was founded at E3 2018. And I know that for a long time, and I know this because I actually, I applied, <laughs> I wanted to work at the studio. I applied to them a few times. Um, they had like, they were in kind of like building up the studio phase for a while. Like they, um, I want to say up until like maybe like the end of 2019, they were pretty much still hiring for the major positions, like looking for, you know, looking for the, the directors and then looking for the department leads and stuff like that. So my guess is that they didn't really start on anything big for the game uh, itself, probably until like 2020. And then the pandemic hit and and, mm. and that must have affected things as well. So um, here's where I think this game is right now, if I had to guess. I think they probably have something playable in a very like blocky state. They have an outline of the story that they want to do. They have a bunch of concept art. Uh, but given that this is like the first game the studio is making, I think this game is probably four years out from now. Um, and that would put it Whoa. since we're in 2021, two, three, four, five. So I'm going to put this game on 2025 and I'm just going to put it in the holiday. So I'm going to give this November of 2025. You know, I was actually thinking, uh, not 2025, but I was thinking November actually, because when I'm looking at my prediction so far, I do not have a holiday banner title for Xbox. Mm -hmm. So I'm thinking holiday 2023. And I'm thinking this game is like, I don't see a situation where Xbox and Microsoft is announcing a uh, a perfect dark, you know, game that's that far out. That it's, you know, you know, mid to late uh, cycle, like console cycle. I think they would want to drum up support or some like uh, some hype for something that's even that's reasonably to be expected, you know, to be released pretty soon. Like, and I see I say soon with like you know, a stretching of a definition. So that's why I'm thinking November, 2023. Okay. I mean that, that, yeah, they, that, that would probably have meant they made the game in, um, you know what? That would have meant they made the game in, in four years, which seems reasonable. So I think, I think you have a good one there. I think I'm probably overdoing it with the amount of time that I'm giving them. Um, and also I want to change it just because I'm going to keep it in the same year so that it doesn't seem like I'm just going after you. <laughs> Uh, but since I put Elder Scrolls 6 in November of that year. Oh, you did. I see this, that. Yeah. yeah, I'm going to bring this game earlier to, um, you know what? I'm going to say August. Oh, I August thought you were going to give it that spring title, that that spring, like, you know. Yeah. Mm. No, oh, yeah, whatever. Summer. Yeah. <laughs> this is this feels so speculative, you know, yeah, at this I point know, right? with some of these games. Like, we don't, we don't, we have no idea what, in what state of development that game is. True. Um. All right. So... We have what? We have four, five, seven, seven games left. Um, so let's see if we can do this. Those maybe a little bit faster. Uh, the Outer Worlds two. We saw this as well. We got a uh, we got an announcement that had like nothing in it. It was a very funny announcement at the Xbox showcase. Um, however, I'm gonna go bold with this one, and I'm gonna give it October of 2022 which I just realized lines up with some other stuff that maybe I should change. So I put Redfall <laughs> in October. So I'm actually going to put this game... Um, what else is Obsidian? Because Obsidian is really fast, but they're working on multiple stuff right now. So maybe September. All right, September of 2022. 
And here's why. The Outer Worlds 1 came out in 2019. I think this game will be more of like a 1.5 of, uh, in regards to the Outer Worlds 1. I think we'll be like basically a new campaign, but using like the same engine, a lot of the same assets. I don't think it's going to be, I don't think it's going to reinvent the wheel. And the reason is because Obsidian is also working on Avowed, which will be the next one we do. And I think that one is going to be like the bigger, like, new IP RPG that they're going to put most of their focus in. I think the Outer Worlds 2 is going to be more of like a little treat to the fans. Like, hey, you like Outer Worlds? Here's another 20 hours within that universe. Um, and I think it's the kind of game that they'll get done. Like, assuming they started on it in 2019, I think they'll get it done in three years. So I'm guessing September 2022. You know, honestly, did they advertise the Outer the Outer Worlds as... Uh the as a 2022 release date uh, as a 2022 game in uh, e3 because i don't even remember i don't think they gave it a date but i i could be wrong um it was the it was the one where they did that trailer where it's like we got nothing to show and it was like really funny i remember Um, that yeah yeah you know what i'm looking at my releases and um i have to give it i have to give it your same release uh september 2022 here Simply because mm-hmm. when I'm looking at my my 2022 uh, fall lineup, uh, I have um, in in August I have Redfall. So in September would be the Outer Worlds, and then October is going to be uh, Hellblade, and then November is as uh, uh, Bethesda. So you know, basically, yeah, it's basically like a big game or a big exclusive one month after another after another. So. That's the only mm-hmm. where I, that's the only where I can place it to where I can get it to fit in, unless I were to go ballsy with it and say that they're going to be giving it a December uh, twenty twenty two release date, which I don't see Xbox doing that. The only of the major publishers that have done that is like Nintendo with like Xenoblade or Nintendo with Smash Ultimate. So yeah, all right. And then the next uh, Obsidian game is Avowed, which we saw in twenty twenty, and I'm also going bold with this one, and I don't I don't know if this necessarily makes sense but i'm putting it in july of 2023 the logic there is that it just seems like a like a good place for it and i i do kind of get this impression that obsidian is basically um microsoft's insomniac in the sense that they seem to just kind of crank out games pretty fast i mean they they did the outer worlds and then they put out grounded and and now they have like two games in development and i think there was something else in the middle there that i'm also missing um so i think you know like They'll do a one-two punch relatively close to each other. Like, here's Outer Worlds 2 next year. Here's Avowed. Yeah, I'm going to do the one-two punch. Uh, since I have Perfect Dark at November of 2023, I'll go ahead and put Avowed at October of 2023 to help build up that fall lineup or holiday lineup. Sounds good. Uh, let's continue in the Microsoft bandwagon and then wrap it up with them. Then we got two more uh, Microsoft games here. Fable, which is being developed by Playground Games. It's untitled right now, but, you know, a new Fable game. And then Everwild, which is being developed by Rare. Um, both of these games, I think we've seen nothing really off. We've only seen like a teaser. So what are you thinking, Louis? I'm going to go ahead and put it in February of 2024. I think yeah. it's going to be like a spring. Yes. Yeah. I'm going to think I'm going to go with uh, oh yes for Fable. Yes. Uh, I think it's a spring game. I just feel like it's a situation where this game is very far out. Um, mm-hmm. And I don't see like my holiday 2023 is already looking packed anyways. And I don't see mm-hmm. them wanting to cannibalize themselves. They'll probably, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and just move it up a month, March, March 2024. So that way they have uh, a good spring lineup going on as well. Okay. 
So let's see. I have that game's definitely not coming out in 2022 in my head. 2023 starts looking possible. And at that point, I have Avowed in July in my predictions. I had Hellblade in November. So maybe somewhere in between there. I'm going to give Fable September of 2023. Oh, okay. So being a little bit more optimistic there. Um, and then, although, you know, that game could take a while because I, I, it's, it's playground game is like first game like that, you know, first game that's not Forza. So, um, as far as I know, and then Everwild, do you, do you know anything about that game? I see that name come up a lot, you know, around Microsoft conversation, but I don't really know anything about it. Mm, uh, no, no idea either here. Let's, let's go ahead and pull up a good old uh, fashioned uh, Google uh, see, I'm looking at some Google images here, and none of these things ring a bell for me. By the way, I I don't even remember seeing this. Yeah, it was definitely no, it was definitely shown at um at like one of the showcases that we watched. I think it was the one of the showcases from last year. Um, but people already knew about it before. Let me pull up the page for this in uh in like wikipedia or something i have or... the page pulled up here on the official xbox site and by the way looking at these these look like screenshots straight up so maybe this game is yeah. a little further along than we thought so this i'm thinking 2022 at this point yeah yeah it could be oops um, let's, uh there we go let me uh reading something from uh polygon here real quick xbox fans wondering why rares ever while didn't show up at sunday's mm, e3 showcase rare. now have an answer the studio has completely rebooted the open world adventure game under a new creative director and it's released multiple years away reports video games chronicle this was posted in june of 2021 okay so this game has just been rebooted god damn um it. yeah <laughs> so it probably not um Okay. Well, yeah. I guess uh, we're gonna go far- farther out here. Wow, they got official screenshots shown in the uh, Xbox official Xbox website. Um, mm-hmm. God. Okay. Let me. Twenty twenty five is looking empty here, and I don't even know if Everwild is gonna be a holiday title, like in the sense of like let's put all our eggs in this marketing basket. So I'm gonna give I'm gonna it... go with the summer. Tw- oh. We're talking over each other because uh, my internet is slowing down. It seems, but I'm gonna give it a March of twenty twenty four. And then I'm gonna, you can take it away. I was going to give it a summer 2025. So let's go with uh, July 2025. All right. We got two Blizzard games to do now. Um, Diablo 4 and Overwatch 2. And I feel like those are almost like sort of interchangeable. Like <laughs> both games have been in development for a while. Both games we don't know too much about yet. Uh, but I will say that I believe both games will come out next year. Um, so I'm giving Overwatch to May, which I believe was the release of the first Overwatch. I think that's why I picked that. Yeah. And then I'm going to give Diablo 4 September. Isn't that the so. same? Isn't that the same release for like one of the Diablo remasters or whatever? September. I think September yeah. was, yeah. Like, didn't they like do like a Diablo remake? You know what? Screw you. I'm copying you. Cause like, that's literally <laughs> like this. That's literally the historical data telling us that like, I know for a fact September and Diablo make sense, and we know that uh, Overwatch, the Overwatch one premiered or debuted in uh, Memor- like Memorial Day weekend in May. So okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna make this a little interesting for you in case you want to get different. Okay, okay. Diablo three came out in May, mm. and then let me pull up Overwatch, and then Overwatch also came out in May. Okay, so it seems like Blizzard likes that May 
release date. So it's it's possible that one of them will in fact come out in May, but it could be both both are possible. Not gonna come I yeah, think. both are not coming out in May, I'll tell you that much. Um but let me let me ask you this. Wasn't what what Diablo game uh is it Diablo two resurrected that's coming out in uh September or something like that or uh no. yeah it must be but I would have to like look it up. Um uh, let's see do, 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 uh, you can pull up the link to Blizzard Entertainment on uh, on Wikipedia here. So Diablo Immortal uh that's the mobile one. It doesn't have a date yet. Then Diablo 3 may... Um, they don't have the... I don't think they have the releases here. Diablo 2 was June. Diablo 1 was January. But that was so long ago, I don't think it's even... Uh, yeah. Del- like Diablo 2 Resurrected, which is like the remake, is coming out this September. Mm-hmm. September 2021. That's why I was thinking September. Okay. So you uh, can just you can just be a copycat and copy me. <laughs> I think that's what the that's what the historical data is telling us. So I'm okay. gonna go with that. All right, there's only one more game left, right? Yes. Now All we're right. rounding us out with the big with a big one, Final Fantasy 16, and that one, Lewis. I think it's one. It's a very difficult one too because I could see I could literally see that game coming out like next year, and I could see it coming out five years from now. Because well, with the trailer, of the trailer that we saw looked very like. Uh, well done and like well polished and, and like we saw real gameplay didn't we like with like actual yeah. like, combat and stuff it almost kind of le- le- lends, leads me to believe that this game is a lot further along like maybe they were just been working on it since final fantasy 15 was been out and right. it's been out for a long time so final um, fantasy 15 came out in november of 2016 um i kind of want to look at 13 um 13 came out in december of 2009 and then 13.2 came out in December of 2011. 13.3 came out in November of 2013. Okay, so it seems like they like November, they like December, they like that holiday time frame. Uh, so I think November or December off next year seem likely for this one. What, what are you going with? I'm going with September of 2022 here. I think this game is a lot further along. I think September was the original release date for Final Fantasy 15 before it got delayed. You know, when they were kind of funny, did the whole like big presentation and they got the little mm-hmm. button. I think that they want to, I think they want to go for that. I also think that it makes sense for them to do early, or like an early fall window. Uh, so that way they can get out of the way for like Microsoft and PlayStation and their holiday lineups or whatever. So yeah, I'm going with September on this one. All right. I'm going to go with November and that ends our game. So I'm going to run through those really quick so avowed i voted july of 23 you put in october of 23 bayonetta 3 i put in september of 22 you put in october of 23 breath of the wild 2 you put in november of 22 same as me diablo 4 i picked september of 22 and you as well Everwild march 24 for me july 25 for you fable september 23 for me march 24 for you final fantasy 16 you picked no- september of 22 and i picked november of 22 this is taking a wild read. <laughs> I just realized that might have not been the best idea, but I'm going to keep it with it. God of War Ragnarok, uh, you picked July of 22. I picked October of 22. GTA 6, I picked September of 24. You picked September of 26. Then Halo Infinite, I picked November of 21. You picked December of 21. Hellblade 2, I picked November of 23. You picked October of 22. Horizon Forbidden West, I picked March of 22. You picked February of 22. Indiana Jones, I picked July of 24, you picked October of 24. Metro Prime 4, you picked March 23. You picked October 23. Overwatch 2, I picked May 22, and you the same. Perfect Dark, I picked August of 25, you picked November 23. It's one of the biggest discrepancies we have. <laughs> Redfall, 
I picked October 22, you picked August 22, Skull and Bones, I picked September 22, you picked March 23, Elder Scrolls 6, I picked November 25, you picked November 26, and The Outer Worlds 2, we both pick September of 2022, and we will see what's our farthest release date. Uh, I think it's September. November yeah, of 2026. Okay, so in November of 2026, <laughs> we will know who won this game. <laughs> I don't even know if there are any winners in this game. <laughs> well, only time will tell. Louis, get our next sound effect ready. The interesting thing is, we will we might know like earlier on, like like if one of us is just like doing that much better than the other, you know, maybe by like like late twenty twenty two or something, yeah. we might already have a, an idea of of who was winning anyway. That is true. Um, but with that huge topic of the show out of the way, let's let's try to do the rest of the show in the next thirty minutes, and let's go on and do some top news. All right, Louis. So I bet that you are all over this one which is why we couldn't skip top news this week we got a new nickelodeon game that got announced it's a nickelodeon smash brothers like called nickelodeon all-star brawl uh and i'm gonna read the announcement here from ign as reported by joe scrabbles ign can exclusively announce nickelodeon all-star brawl a new fighting game featuring characters from spongebob squarepants rugrats teenage mutant ninja turtles random stimpy and more the brawler, which looks to be similar to Super Smash Bros. in style, will come to PS5, PS4, Xbox Series, Xbox One, and Nintendo Switch in fall of 2021. It's being developed by Ludosity and Fairplay Labs and published by Game Mill Entertainment. Check out a review trailer below. You can see on the site. Uh, we got the original roster here. We got Michelangelo and Leonardo from TMNT. We got Nigel from the White, uh, the Wild Thornberries. We got Powder Toastman from Ren and Stimpy, SpongeBob SquarePants, Sandy Cheeks from SpongeBob SquarePants as well, Patrick St- Star as well, Oblina from Ah Real Monsters, Lucy Loud from The Loud House as well as Lincoln Loud, Helga from Hey Arnold, Raptor from Rugrats, Zem from Invader Zem, and Danny Phantom from Danny Phantom. So, Louis. What do you think about this? So I've never been a Nickelodeon guy. I've only really? the only Nickelodeon show I've ever watched as a kid was the Rugrats. Mm-hmm. Um, and of all things, like I completely even forgot that that dinosaur was even a Rugrats character. Like that's straight up. So um, the fact is, they don't want to have like toddlers and babies fighting. So they just got to go with the next best thing. It's like, well, we got to have Rugrats representation. So that toy, you know. Uh, so mm-hmm. yeah, that makes sense. Um, I am. I, I was actually a little like lukewarm on this uh, at first, but I've been seeing a lot of hype online, and it's sort of like been rubbing off on me and stuff like that. The 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 gameplay that was shown in the trailer actually looks halfway decent, actually. So one of the problems with uh, with Smash clones is that um, for the most part, Smash clones have been just doing this thing where they want to differentiate themselves and not just be uh, a Smash clone. Like mm-hmm. the biggest. Uh, the biggest example that I can think of is like the PlayStation All-Stars Battle Royale. That fighting mechanic sucked ass. And that's because they were trying mm-hmm. to be different for the sake of being different. So if they're doing a straight up thing where they're like, you know what? We're doing the exact same button inputs and moves as Smash Brothers. And, we, you know, who gives a hell Who gives a hell if, uh, if we're doing the exact same thing? We're doing it and we're doing our branding, our Nickelodeon branding. So if they can pull off a situation where it's like fun, exciting gameplay that just, you know, what I when I what I look for in a Smash clone, then I'll be probably there for it. And also I've been hearing that this uh possibly may have like rollback netcode and that would be better. Uh because the only Smash game that's got rollback netcode is Melee and that's a mod. So it'd be nice. You know, I'm not the Smash guy, you're the Smash guy, even though I enjoy playing them casually. Um so looking at this game and I I, I had heard about it seen the stories but i hadn't really seen it until now 
and the the screenshots I think look terrible like the game does not look good in screenshots but it actually looks good in motion in my opinion yes. and it looks extremely fast paced like this game looks more fast paced than uh, Smash at least than current Smash do you agree with that or do you think that's just my not well trained eyes um a little bit but yeah no I actually kind of sort of agree like Smash Brawl, mm-hmm. Smash 4, and Smash Ultimate are a little slow. Um, this definitely, like, the fastest Smash game there is is Melee. And uh, this does give me sort of that Melee vibe and stuff when it comes to, like, combos and just all around, like, kinetic, fast-paced kinetic energy. Now, the question is, are we going to be seeing regular, you know, new character announcements for this game? And are, are they going to do, like, Smash Brothers level hype trailers? Because there's a lot of characters that are missing from this. And I did grow up on Nickelodeon a little bit more than you than you did, I guess. Uh, I do like a lot of these characters. Not all of them. Some of them, I think, are not from my time. Um, maybe a little bit older or maybe younger. But there, there's plenty that I recognize and like. And But I'm very excited for the stuff that that's not there yet. I'm very excited to see more of it. Yeah, um, honestly, I think it's a situation where they can do one of two things. Right now, like, the reported rumors is that um, they showed, like, a fake, like, a box art, by the way, with all the characters, like, shadowed, like, uh, silhouettes. Mm -hmm. And somebody was saying, oh, look at that hand. That's Aang's hand from Avatar The Last Airbender. And I'm like, you know what? If Aang is in this game, I'm going to buy this game day one straight up. I'm going to tell you that right now. I do love Avatar. Uh, So I'll, I'll, I'll give him that. But also, like, there's, like, a thing that's saying, like, people are saying, oh, I think it's, like, 20 stages so far. And, like, if they do the thing where there's, like, one stage per character, then that means that there's eight unannounced characters. And they're going to do that thing where, like, you know, in Smash 64, whenever, like, they advertise the game, they only advertise with eight characters. And then there was four secret unlockable characters they didn't ever talk about in PR. So I'm thinking it's a situation where they're, like, there's other characters that are unannounced, and they're going to keep them unannounced. So that way they can be unlocked through normal gameplay when it comes to release. So I can sort of get that old school, like, you know, Smash thing where it's like oh my god you know a new character and it's like all exciting and stuff like that i also i see one of two things happening either a they're gonna do a season pass where like the the characters that didn't make the cut make the cut or b they're just gonna save they're just gonna since it's an indie studio i believe uh, i think they're just gonna do a thing where they're like they're not gonna release any new characters and they're just gonna save it for the sequel yeah, I'll, I'll, I would also say that there's a lot of franchises in there that are represented by just one character that they probably could very easily just add more of from the same franchise. Like they got two turtles, right? They I, they, I think they could easily just have uh like the other two turtles as well with like a similar move set and maybe like a few like unique things and etc. So um, I think we're going to see a lot of that from the potential new character announcements. Um, but we'll see. All right. Moving on to the next story here, this one reported uh, by Sam Machkovac for Ars Technica. Netflix will start publishing video games uh, and has hired a former EA exec. Uh, we will not be commenting on the EA exec for obvious reasons. I bring it up all the time. Disclaimer, I you know work for EA and etc. Uh, but we want to talk about Netflix. Netflix's growing fascination with video games will soon explode in the form of a full-fledged game publishing arm. While Netflix has yet to post its own announcement about the initiative, the streaming video provider has confirmed to Ars Technica that it has hired a former EA and Oculus exec to lead a Netflix game publishing team. Uh, While Netflix has not yet confirmed what shape its video game publishing arm might take, Bloomberg reporter Mark Gorman has suggested that the effort could lead to video games as part of its service in the next year. The use of video games as a descriptor is key, as that differentiates the effort from the choose-your-own-adventure TV specials that have become more common on the service since Black, since Black Mirror's Banner Snatch special debut in 2018. Uh, in addition, Netflix has spent the past half-decade building a collection of exclusive TV series based on video game licenses. We know about that, besides the point. Uh, so, Lewis, I had a theory a while ago 
And when I was talking to some friends of mine that I said that I believe one day you will be able to log into Netflix and you're going to scroll through those styles. And some of those styles are going to be um, like non-interactable movies or shows. Some of those styles are going to be full-on video games. And it's going to be a like a sliding scale of anything in between with things like Banner Snatch or The Walking Dead game being somewhere in that line in the middle. Um, and that you're going to go through categories and some categories will be like video games and other categories will be like, maybe it'll be like a zombie stuff. And then it will have like a mix of like different things with different levels of interactability. And they're going to have like different like icons and stuff to indicate like, like, oh, like this is just like completely passive or fully interactable or whatever. Um, that was a theory I had. It was like kind of out there like a few years ago when talking to a friend when I see this feel like my theory might might have some 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 chance of uh becoming true uh perhaps in, in the near future to some extent at least what do you think i'm not a, i'm not about this news i feel like netflix needs to stay in their lane but whatever <laughs> uh, I, I guess they need to differentiate themselves to like you know growth you know whatever but yeah. like in my head i'm thinking to myself how is this going to work because like honestly when you think about netflix and on a tv you don't really have a controller like the controller you use is like mm-hmm. a up down left right and enter you know it's just very simple it's very basic and things like telltale's the walking dead can work on it i think they even might have even done it already like a telltale style game already on the on netflix mm-hmm. so if they're going to do more of that then whatever I, I just i'm not entirely uh happy with the idea of uh of a game that's being developed for a, a movie streaming service. And it's going to be a situation where there won't be a physical copy that exists because, you know, if Netflix, if Netflix ever goes bankrupt or the servers ever go down, there's not going to be mm. like a hard copy of whatever intellectual property Netflix has decided to pour resources into, into developing. So that's not good for great game preservation side of things. Uh, but also just, you know, I'm thinking to myself, like, what can you do? What can Netflix do to make a good meaty game on, on its service? And I'm thinking to myself, well, there's a Netflix app on PlayStation. There's a Netflix app on Xbox. Could you leverage yeah. that, that P, the DualSense and the, the Xbox controller through the Netflix app uh, that way so you can have a game or whatever? Or is that a situation where, you know, no, it's it's just pointer. It's like little wand controls that just that come with your TV. You know, the information about this stuff is still like vague enough to where we can speculate a lot of different ways and we don't know for sure where they're going, what they're going for. Um, I mean, there is a possibility out there that they're just starting a new arm altogether and, and they're just going to be publishing games that are actually box copies of games that you can buy or you can buy digitally through storefronts. Um, and it's not like the, the, this other crazy stuff that we're thinking about. Um, however, just like for instance, like Humble Bundle became a game publisher and, and they publish games, right? Um, but the way I look at it is that like they're gonna, I think they're gonna work at uh, bringing games that already exist and then also making new games to the platform in a way that you know if you are using the Netflix app on a PlayStation, you can play that game through Netflix on your PlayStation with your PlayStation controller. Um, and and on Xbox, it would be the same thing. And if you're playing on a smart TV you would need to sync a controller to the smart TV to do it or on a phone, like same thing, just like you can do it, you know, with xCloud and stuff like that. And I think that's kind of what they're going for. It would be like, I think they're seeing like xCloud become a thing and like Google try to do a Stadia and et cetera. And they're like, they're looking at it and thinking, well, we already have the number one streaming platform in the world. Are we able to do this too? And I think they're going to, in a lot of ways, they're going to take a page out of, you know, Xbox's book and, and try to do something similar. Like, like, hey, like, sync a controller and then maybe you can access the separate menu and see like the video games that we have and then you can stream them to your smart tv or whatever or um 
I don't know, perhaps if you're running it on a PS4, there will even be some way where you can maybe run it natively locally, but that seems yeah. complicated, so I'm not sure if that's what they would go for. Honestly, when it comes to re- reading the tea leaves on this, it does kind of sort of make sense. Uh, mm-hmm. In the in the in like, I know I'm kind of like negative on this news, but um, there was a there was a quote that one of the like the Netflix executives said that you know um, he gave a quote about a competition. Like we're we're not in competition with like movie theaters or whatever. We're in competition with Xbox. We're in competition with Fortnite. We're we're trying yeah. to we're like we're fighting for your attention and stuff like that. We can see the numbers of when people like don't finish a show or don't finish a movie or leave us on pause for like forever, you know, that kind of thing. So mm-hmm. I can sort of see that this is just another power play for Netflix to remain top dog, to remain relevant. Um, which is kind of like, it almost kind of makes me kind of feel very like cynical about how I'm saying it, but it is kind of true though. I guess, uh, I guess with, uh, with Netflix, they're always in growth mode. Um, mm-hmm. so yeah, fair enough. I will say this. I think Netflix makes really good TV shows. Um, and I think that they have been a positive change for the TV space. So if they can somehow become a positive change for the gaming space as well, uh, and perhaps become the ideal streaming service for games above all these other, like, in quotes, failed attempts or just like uninteresting attempts like Stadia and and Amazon Luna and Facebook gaming and all that stuff, I'll be rooting for Netflix, (laughs) Um, at least compared to some of these other competitors. But we shall see. We shall see what happens. Okay. Um, Now, here's another new thing. Uh, Steam Deck is Valve's answer to the Switch. And it's out in December, bringing up a Kotaku article here reported by Mike Fahey and Ethan Gack. Steam Deck is a new portable gaming device from Valve that basically looks and functions exactly like a Nintendo Switch. Models start at $400 and will release December of 2021, Valve announced this week over on Steam. Um, we've partnered with AMD to create Steam Deck's custom APU optimized for handheld gaming. It is a Zen 2 plus RDNA 2 powerhouse delivering more than enough performance to run the latest AAA games in a very efficient power envelope, the company writes. The Steam Deck thumbsticks are designed for extended play sessions and the owner's entire Steam library will be available when they log on. There's even a dock sold separately to connect to TVs and computer monitors sold separately. Come on. Yeah. The device was sport a 7-inch screen, which puts it on par with Nintendo's recently announced OLED Switch. And just ahead of the existing Switch and Switch Lite in terms of size, the controllers don't appear to be detachable like the Joy-Cons, but maybe that means they won't have any drift either. Damn. Um, and then there's there's the different pricing options in here, so I just kind of want to bring this bring up this part as well. Uh, it is four hundred dollars for sixty four gigabytes of internal storage, five hundred thirty for two fifty six gigabytes SSD, uh, an exclusive Steam Community Profile Bundle, whatever that is, and then six hundred and fifty dollars for the high end. 512 gigabyte SSD storage and an anti glare etched glass screen. Lewis, how do you feel about this? I'm actually kind of uh, like not like happy or excited. I'm just sort of like positive, lukewarm, you know, sort of thing. I'm like, I'm not sure I want this. I barely PC game as it is. My Steam library isn't that big, but there's a lot to there's a lot to glean from this because number one, the official dock isn't required. Actually, third party docks can work with it, so you don't necessarily need. Mm-hmm. 
uh, to pay that extra uh, for that first party dock. Um, I've also seen like IGN's coverage where they can, you know, like the trackpads are essentially like a mouse um, and they're very accurate or whatever. And they can be programmed very, they're, they're very customizable. I've seen uh, them use it, uh, you know, as a with pair of keyboard and mouse, like a real keyboard and mouse and, and run these games pretty competently. So um, I've also seen a lot of speculation, like a lot of people on, t- on Twitter are like very happy that you can like uninstall the SteamOS and install Windows. So that way you can put all the launchers like Epic Games launcher and they put the Epic Games store on there um, as well as every other, you know, launcher there is from like Humble Bundle and stuff like that. So basically this is like literally a, a mother effing PC, like a real PC with good, pretty decent specs. And I'm actually kind of like in like in this kind of like positive-y kind of like lukewarm thing where it's like, I don't necessarily want it. I'm not necessarily the audience because I don't even PC game myself, even though I have a, I have a even though I have a really legit PC. Um, but like maybe, maybe there's a there's a way for me to just get into PC gaming because I could treat treat it like a like a like a Switch Pro that I've been wanting, you know? So right. yeah. That's an interesting point. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't have any problem against this device existing. I think it seems like a cool device. It seems like a powerful device. It's basically a, a, a powerful PC in your hands. Um, granted, the games on it are probably going to be pretty heavy, too, uh, which is why you probably would want to go for the for the higher uh, end model with the 512 gig of storage because... That five twelve, even that five twelve gigabytes is not going to go a long way when when you have like full, Call of Duty two hundred gigabytes, yeah, like you know? full on PC games downloaded to this thing and well, actually I trying mean, to take advantage of it all has a micro power. SD, it has a micro SD card slot, so you can buy one of those two terabyte micro SD cards even on the sure. sixty four gigabyte model. But one of the right. things that was uh, needed to be noted is that. The 256 gigabyte and the 512 gigabyte models, those use the faster SSD that NVMe storage yes. that the PlayStation 5 uses and the Xbox Series uses. So that way you can have those fast ass load times. Now, here's where I'm not sure. Like, it, I don't like I said, I don't have a problem with this existing. I'm definitely not going to buy it, especially because like I, you know, I already have a switch. I already have consoles. I'm interested in upgrading, you know, my PC. Uh, but but this would be like so far down the list, you know, for the, <laughs> the things that I'll be interested in for me to actually justify that big of an expense with it. Um, and and here's the thing I want to say about it, though. Like, I do think it's like, a cool device. I, I don't know if this I don't think this is gonna sell. Like I, I will be surprised if this uh is successful at selling a lot because at this price point, um we, we, we haven't seen like we've never seen a portable device be successful at this price point. I don't think we've ever seen a, a portable device even close to this price point. The switch is highly successful at a hundred dollars cheaper than the cheapest model of this. Um so I don't know. I, I just mean, I just feel like I can't say the audience for it either. By the way, because Apple I feel sells like the, iPads for a thousand dollars a pop every year. I, I there's a possibility. That's true. That's true. That's true. I I just, I just feel like the way I look at it is like the audience that uh, the the audience that likes portable gaming. I feel like they're mostly happy with the Switch, you know. And I don't think they're gonna go out of their way to buy this thing either in addition or as a replacement to their Switch. I actually think the people that would want, you know, this beefed up Switch Pro that is a hundred, two hundred, three hundred dollars more expensive is a very small percentage of the people that actually buy these consoles. So, but I don't know. So I, I'm just saying, I would be surprised if this sold, you know, millions of units. Um, yeah, I would be I, the the kind of audience that would buy this because I, I like. I like having Jaguars and Ferraris like that, but at the same time, I'm not entirely sold either. So, <laughs> right, yeah, right. 
All right, so we've got a few more stories here. Uh, next one, I thought you would be interested on this, Lewis, because it's kind of it's kind of insane. Uh, we talk about China's influence in the gaming space sometimes. I know you like to talk about China a lot on Ready Play Movies. <laughs> Shout out. You can find that on all your podcast services out there every Tuesday. Um, so China's Midnight Patrol cracks down on young gamers. And I'm bringing this up from BBC News. Chinese gaming giant Tencent is rolling out facial recognition to stop children playing games between 10 p.m. and 8 a.m. The Midnight Patrol technology will stop tricks circumventing the government curfew introduced in 2019 with a cap on what young gamers could spend on in-game transactions, it says. The bans require gamers to register with their official IDs linked to a national database, but children have reportedly been using adults' IDs instead of their own. And now, anyone playing for a certain length length of time will require a facial scan to prove they are an adult. Tencent started testing the system in 2018, but it will now cover more than 60 games from the world's biggest game company. This is insane. That is insane. This is insane. I feel so bad for the people that are growing up over there with this because I will tell you some of my funnest, most happiest memories uh, of, of being a kid were, you know, sneaking, like trying to sneak in some gaming where my one of my parents expected me to, to be sleeping instead. And I think that's part of like the formative like years, like the things that you've got to do as a child to kind of like come into your own person and have fun and, you know, like break the rules sometimes like it doesn't hurt anybody to really do that. Um, so it sounds crazy to me that they would introduce a system like this. Um, and, and, and it's just kind of another, uh, it's another See, one of those the, points. This yeah. is the big brother shit that I, that really gets me scared about how China's like global dominance and like the, the yep. entertainment industry and stuff like that. So honestly, I'm just going to poo poo this news. I don't really have much insight to say other than I am not in the least bit surprised. There has been a lot of like, uh, uh, Chinese programs that have been uh, implemented over the past few years to sort of uh, uh, control social like dogma, basically. Right. Um, like one of those social points or whatever that they were doing. Like there's been an episode of Black Mirror and that China has basically implemented and stuff. So honestly, like uh, it just it just sucks. I don't I am very uncomfortable with the fact that you imagine having to play. Imagine like being able to play Fortnite. I have to, you know, use my driver's license, my social security number and do a facial recognition scan like that would. I don't think that would fly here in America. So I just (laughs) it it just it's just like a completely different like uh, uh, it's just a completely different world from uh, that, you know, these two countries live in. And it's really easy to see a situation where like these extremes don't happen like suddenly and overnight. They're there. It's like a it's like a slow crawl to get to that point where the citizens of your country are not like rebelling or revolting against it. So, yeah. Yeah. I I feel like, you know, there, there's a lot of things that I can wrap my head around. But the, the idea that that a kid can't play games past 10 p.m., even even though like even if their parents allow it, you know what I mean? Like in, in their own house, um, because there's a facial recognition software in their phone that will detect it and, and keep them out of the game. That is that is straight up like um, sci fi movie shit to me. That is like absolutely unacceptable. So that's really that's really what the what the you know, outcome is that what we have to say there. Lewis, I'm going to kick off the next two stories. I'm going to kick them to the end of extra news. So I'm going to go straight to extra news now. Uh, we're going to end up having 15 items. Uh, and some of them are like things grouped together. So this is the biggest extra news segment um, that we've probably ever done here. A baker's dozen. <laughs> <laughs> we're not that podcast, Lewis. <laughs> All right. Um, I'm actually going to skip. I'm going to... 
I'm going to remove this first one. Oh, it's um, very self-serving right. of you. I'm not going to say what it is, but I know what yeah, you did. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, all right, so I'm going to have to decrease all these numbers. Number one, Hideo Kojima has stated that he's not a fan of calling the upcoming PS5 version of Death Training the director's cut. It wasn't his choice. Number two, Psychonauts 2 will feature an invincibility toggle to enable all Asia's all possible needs to enjoy the game. Number three. Following its return to PlayStation Store last month, Cyberpunk 77 2077 immediately became the best-selling digital PS4 title in Europe, Canada, and North America. Number four, according to weekly publication Nikan Taishu, the upcoming Yakuza spin-off game Lost Judgment will be the last in its series due to a disagreement with the lead actor. Number five, developer Atlas is making the 25th anniversary of Persona franchise with some big news as the studio teased not one but seven new announcements for the series. Number six, a copy of Revolutionary 1996 classic Super Mario 64 sold for $1.56 million at an auction last Sunday, which was a record for video games. There's other games that were sold in the same action, including a copy of Skyrim for the Xbox 360, which got sold for 600 bucks. Number seven, the official PlayStation website seems to have leaked the existence of a Gran Turismo 7 beta, beta test with players invited to complete a simple task to get access. Number eight, The Witcher 3's next-gen console update will include DLC items inspired by the live-action Netflix series. Number nine, Deathloop will remain a PS5 console exclusive until until at least September 14, 2022. Uh, So it's a one-year deal there. Number ten, actor Christopher Judge, who voiced Kratos in God of War 2018, will lend his voice to Black Panther in the upcoming Marvel's Avengers expansion. Number eleven, on a recent appearance on the Kind of Funny Gamescast podcast, Xbox head Phil Spencer has complimented PlayStation's DualSense and suggested that it might inspire new features for Microsoft's controller. He also said that he's worried about the state of video game preservation and called for all platform holders to come together to figure out a way to safeguard the industry's history. Number 12, Ghostwire Tokyo, the forthcoming PlayStation 5 action-adventure game from Tango Gameworks, has been delayed to early 2022... Um, and other delays announced this week included Warhammer, 40k, Darktide, and Resident Evil Reverse, both also coming in 2022. And then the two stories that were going to be top news but that are moving out. Uh, Microsoft is reportedly still planning to discontinue Xbox Live Gold and make online multiplayer free. This reported by VGC. And then we got our first confirmed companies to be at this year's Gamescom. And that list includes companies such as 505, Activision, Bandai Namco, Bethesda Softworks, EA, Coke Media, Sega Europe, Team 17, Ubisoft, Xbox, and notably does not contain PlayStation. Of course not. Yeah. Well, they've been at Gamescom before, so um, there was some level of expectation there. All right, Lewis. I need to catch my breath. So (laughs) talk about whatever you want to talk about for a few minutes. All right. So the rumor about Xbox uh, discontinuing uh, Xbox Live Gold is very uh, troublesome uh, simply because of like, you know, that is something where I have a bunch of my games that I own uh, are are through Xbox uh, uh, Live Gold. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. It just seems very – it seems – I'm reading this article and it seems like it's certainly within the realm of possibility because they're they're putting all of their eggs in the Game Pass uh, basket and they're talking about their milestones and the subscriptions and stuff like that. So obviously Game Pass is going to make Xbox more money than Gold ever will. Probably already has. So if there's a situation where like, you know, they can appease me with all of my legacy Gold claims, then I'll be happy. I'll, I wouldn't mind it. But that's the only way I would be 
uh, I'd be happy with that news. I would poo-poo it if it's like, and you got to rebuy every game that you've ever claimed. I'm like, whoa, god damn it, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, I get that. We've, we've talked about that one before in the sense that, like, I think they need to do it eventually, but I just think they need to figure out a way to do it to not have any cons, <laughs> basically. Yes. Um, and I'm not sure. I'm not sure if that's possible. It, mu- it must be a legal nightmare, actually, to figure out how to do that <laughs> as far as all the licensing goes, right? Like, because they, they, they must have negotiated all these licenses with these, you know, license holders in, in a way like, hey, like, you're letting us give people like, access to this game. Although, like, you know, if let's say I'm like, um, like Ubisoft or something, and I negotiate with Microsoft, like, hey, you can have my game, this game, to give away for Xbox, you know, Life Gold members, and they're probably paying a certain amount of money that is representative of the, of the amount of uh, copies of the game that they're basically going to be giving away. I know it's not like a, like, they're not paying the price of the game, but they're probably paying, like, like a, like maybe uh, like a dollar per account or something. You know what I mean? Um, So at that point, like, does it, like, aren't they basically just buying the game license anyway? Like, is, like, does Ubisoft really care that the people stay subscribed to Xbox Live through, like, the whole time that they have the game? Like, because at that point, it doesn't make a difference for them is what I'm getting to, like, or does it? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, you can get to keep all of your Assassin's Creed's that you've, uh, um, you know, claimed through Xbox yeah. Live Gold, as long as you're still paying us on a monthly basis for Game Pass. You know, like, like they just, they give us, like, a terms and condition pop-up that you have to agree to or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> Because, because uh, to me, like, does does that mean that they're paying? Like, are they paying all the companies regularly, like on a like a yearly basis? I think for, it's like, like a all one, these game My licenses? understanding it's like it's a one time deal where it's like I think so too. If you if you uh, you pay the company for all of the sales that you're you're not you're missing out on for that one month, and that's it. So Xbox is the one that cares that you're paying them on a month to month basis, not so much the companies. So. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think I, the, the Yakuza story is actually kind of funny. I, I, I didn't read it in full, but it seems like the actor who plays the, the main character on the Judgment games, um, really doesn't like PC gaming and he got mad that they put the game on PC. So he doesn't want to do them anymore. And they're considering like canceling the whole franchise. Oh my God. Um, <laughs> so that's kind of like a weird, insane story. And then the Kojima story is that, you know, he said that, like, he had a Twitter thread about how, you know, director's cut means this, and that he doesn't like that, you know, uh, Metal Gear, like, or Death Stranding director's cut is named that because it makes it seem like it's something else than what it is or whatever. Um, showing that it was a Sony decision and not a Kojima decision, which which we could have predicted after we saw Ghost of Tsushima director's cut. Um, so it sounds like that's just, like, a new naming convention that they're going to use for PS5, like, remasters of their games. You know what I mean? With added content. Okay. I need yeah. to know what kind of insanity there is where they're selling a, a copy of Mario 64 for $1.5 million. Like, what the hell? Like, it was it, it was a new, like, sealed, like, copy, like, never open copy. I think that was it. And it was, like, the, the, the biggest transaction in video games history. You can, if you pull up the link there, they have the other games that they sold as well. And there's some other, like, outrageous, like, things as well. I, I thought the Skyrim for $600 was funny because... Skyrim doesn't feel like a retro game to me, <laughs> you know, like it's it's still like, like it's coming out in new platforms all the time, like you can get it like for free everywhere, like or like super cheap, like, but it was a sealed copy of Skyrim. But they also sold uh, a sealed early copy of The Legend of Zelda for $870,000. A sealed copy of Super Mario World for three, $360,000. An early copy of the first Tomb Raider for $144,000. Um, 
And then Red Dead Redemption so, for the yeah. Xbox 360 for $384. <laughs> like, what the yeah. hell? Like, 360 games are not should not be valuable, even if they're brand new and sealed. Like, oh my god, yeah. like, what the hell? Um, yeah. yeah, no. Uh, looking at this one, it's uh, it's got the highest, one of the highest ratings. So, like, the reason why $1.5 million was because it's it's got an A++ rating. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, there's no such thing as a 10... Uh, when it comes to ratings, uh, but they gave uh, Mario 64 a 9.8 on the the rating scale. So, like, it's I don't even know if there is such a thing as a, a sealed game that's rated a 10. It's like there's no there's no imperfections. It's like there's no creases. And there's gotta be, there's always something that's always wrong that they always mark off something. So, I don't know. Like, it just it just seems really weird to like buy a copy of a game that the only way for you to maintain value is for you to never break the seal. It's like ah, whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Lewis, we've been going for a bit here. We're at we're at one forty seven. Um, so here's what I'm thinking: um, we could either skip all of the rest and end the show now and punt everything to next week, so we would do like two weeks worth of new releases and et cetera next week. Or um, I'll give it to you, and you can still do new releases and deals. Uh, but we're definitely skipping. Like, check this out. We can do that next week. I know it's already been. <laughs> we already skipped that one a, a few times, but. What do you think? I'm just going to do, I'm just, I just want to do Battle Bus and that's it. Uh, But I'm going to just tell you right now, real quick, since we always do, uh, the Epic Game Store is only one week at a time. So this week's free games for Epic Game Store is something called Abduction. It says from the creator of Myst and Offworld Trading Company. So those are the two free games of the month or for the week on Epic Game Store. And next week's games are allegedly Defense Grid and World War One Verdun Western Front. So never heard of any of those four titles, but there you go. And uh, let's go ahead and uh, do the uh, the battle bus. All right. So for the battle bus, there's only one thing that I really want to talk about, and that's about me. But we'll go ahead and just uh, <laughs> we'll go ahead and just uh, uh, play some lip service to LeBron James here. Uh, in case you guys don't know, Space Jam: A New Legacy, the movie is coming out as well as the game, which we'll read next week on new releases. Uh, but they're doing a Fortnite skin where King LeBron James is uh, there in uh, in Fortnite. He's playable. He's got the 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 Toon Squad skin for like Space Jam. He's got several skins where he's got the little crown and everything like that. Just really buying into the hype that is LeBron James. So. Yeah, um, I haven't got the skin yet, but I'm gonna lo- next time I log in, I'll claim it or I'll, I'll buy it with my V bucks. Um, I don't really have much to say about Fortnite beyond that. So, is this uh, even a skin that's even on your radar, Dan? Uh, not really. I don't. Um, with all due respect to LeBron James, I, I don't really follow basketball, so I don't. Probably not. Okay. All right. Yeah. So the thing that I really wanted to talk about for uh, for. Uh, the battle bus is actually about me and my results for Smasher Pass 7 that happened last week. So I have the VOD up on my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash musing with Go check it out. It's like a six, seven hour VOD, but say probably not. But I will be putting out this weekend all of the individual matches that are like five to 10 minutes long or however long they are. So the individual matches will be coming this weekend uh, when I get to like put out all the breakouts. Um, I made it to the championship round. I made it to grand finals. I think it's like... My, uh, I haven't, so this is Smasher Pass 7. I have not made it to Grand Finals. Is this your best one yet? No, no, I've won. I've won Smasher Pass 3. Um, uh, but I haven't made it to Grand Finals since Smasher Pass 4. So, yeah, I've gotten third place, uh, two years in a row before that. And so, yeah, I got second place and, uh, 
and it was a it was a tight grand grand finals. It was very crazy. It was uh, we went to game five, uh, last stock, last hit, and it literally could have gone just the uh, the other way, but I got unlucky. Uh, the guy he used hero on his last for his last uh, game. And Hero has this thing where you can press down B and do a menu select, and it can it can do an instant kill move called either whack or thwack, and uh, mm. either one of them is if you get touched by it, you're dead. Like just well, not Damn. it's not it's not instant death. It it can be it's RNG. So right. if it touches you, if your if your percentage is higher, the likelier that you'll just instant die. So is it is that the same way that it works for Mister Game and Watch? Um, well, Mister Game and Watch's nine. side B is called Judgment, and it's one through nine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one through nine is uh, it's uh, if it's a nine, it will probably kill. Like it's very powerful, but generally mm-hmm. speaking, yeah, you're probably not going to survive a nine um, if you're even at like above fifty percent. Uh, but yeah, no, you don't have control over what number comes out on Mister Game and Watch. There's a lot of characters that utilize some RNG, but Hero takes right. RNG to like the next level, to like the infinite <laughs> infinity level. The fact that he pulled out whack out of nowhere, out of left field, is just completely like. BS for me because I was winning the game, by the way. Like, I was about to reset the bracket, uh, but then, like, he just out of like, I didn't even see him like press down B. Like, I was going for the rush, the rush down. But yeah, like, I was very happy with uh, playing Smash Bros because I'm gonna tell you this right now. Like, I have, I've been playing ever since COVID happened. I have been, I have not gone online for Smash Bros. I don't, I don't play online. I usually play Smash Bros. like locally with, with people. And so when I play Smash Bros. on my own time, I usually just play with the CPU, which is really weird because I can just as easily go online and, and do random matchmaking. But right. I usually go with like level nine CPU, play them real quick, just body them and walk away. Like play like a, like a 20 minute session at a time kind of thing. Just sort of keep my, keep my skills semi in check. But honestly, like playing against CPU, you get bad habits. You're, it's not it's not conducive practice. Um, so overall, all of us were kind of rusty, and I think as the tournament went on, we all sort of got the rust out. And I think the level of gameplay sort of rose as the uh, as the, the the bracket progressed, especially during like the grand finals and stuff like that. It was a lot of matches where it's like you know like you know like clenching your teeth, you know, holding your breath, uh, edge of your seat. Uh, it definitely felt like I even messed it on the stream. Like I have not felt alive playing smash brothers in a long time <laughs> and it's so it's so great to have like uh, people that i can play smash bros with that's sort I of i thought uh, you were i thought you were gonna end that sentence i i, I have not felt alive in a long time <laughs> until, until oh my god what smash else is it, it's, it's it's nice to it's nice that i have friends that can sort of take me to my limit and, and push me uh you know and it's you know honestly like uh, it, winning the tournament would have probably like not been good for me it's like it's better <laughs> it's better to like you know you know want to improve and you know get better than it is to like think that you're at the top of your game and then like walk away um yeah so i was really full of myself when i won smasher pass 3 um and yeah i just uh I, I guess being humble is nice and uh it's nice to have a rival and uh and yeah me, the guy that won his name is paul uh paul has won this is his third his third uh win at smasher pass mm-hmm. um and honestly, my first my first uh, Smasher Pass that I ever won, I beat him, and uh, he got second place <laughs> that year. So uh, we were sort of trading blows, but the last two years when I got third place, I never actually met Paul in bracket. So this is my first time fighting him in bracket uh, since what Smasher Pass four or something like that. So uh, so yeah, that's a good. Uh, just story time is over, I guess. Uh, just all I wanted to say is. <laughs> Um, I, I, I really had a good time. There were some good friendly matches at the end of the, t- at the end of the stream. I'll be, uh, breaking them out and just be on the lookout for that on my YouTube channel. 
and uh, we had a good time. It was fun. Yeah, I popped in for a few minutes, and uh, there were people watching. So <laughs> yeah, cool actually, too. surprisingly, yeah. yeah, there was a lot of people coming through. We peaked at seven viewers. Um, so mm-hmm. yeah, I was really happy with it. Cool, cool stuff. All right, so I'm gonna leave it at that. Uh, the the stuff that we didn't do this week that we typically do, we'll, we'll bring bring it back next week, and then we won't do a topic of the show then, so we can cover everything. Uh, it's time to end. Or right, you are getting the okay. I'll let, go ahead, Liz. A little ahead it of yourself time to there. End. Yes. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us for another episode of Ready Press Play. Remember, you can reach the podcast at readyplaynetwork.com or simply at Ready Press Play on Twitter or TikTok. I'm on Twitter at the Dan Lima and Lewis at Chocolaka88. Don't forget to subscribe, give us a review, tell your friends about the show, and all that good stuff. We'll see you next time. Bye bye. Peace.